Blog Talk Radio. After the death of Solomon, God divided the kingdom of Israel into two houses. There were ten tribes in the northern kingdom known as the Lost Tribes of Israel. They were cast out into the world because of their great sin against God. However, God promised in the last days he would gather these lost tribes back to Israel before the return of our Lord. Unknowingly, some of the churches made up of these lost tribes known as the house of Ephraim. God is now calling them to prepare to come back home to the land he gave our fathers. The call to prepare has been sounded. and Shalom. This is your host, Mark Rambo, back again. And uh, this is the House of Ephraim show. Do have with us from Mount Carmel, Illinois, Prophet Tom Deckard. But first, a word from our announcers. And now, from Cradle of Hope, are some important announcements for you. This month, from Cradle of Hope, is a must-have gift offer, the transition of the church. God has transitioned the church since the days of the book of Acts. Don't miss out on this last and greatest move of God. Jesus Christ is returning for a church full of power and glory. This transition will bring the church forward. Send a gift of $25 or more. Call today and get free shipping if you ask for the Transition of Church gift offer. Call 618-262-2810 or go online at jewishprofit.com. Send a gift of $25 or more and ask for the Transition of the Church gift offer. Hey, welcome back in this show. It's Mark Reinbolt. Got a couple announcements to make before we get going here with our great, great show we have in, in store for you. I just want to remind everyone that we do have a website, www.jewishprofit.com. That's www.jewishprofit.com. And for all you uh, new people out there, maybe the first time that you've been on, please check that website out. You're going to find out who we are, and you're going to get a hold of a lot of material that you've never seen before. And you want to check that material out because you're going to start to learn the Word of God. And I'm telling you what, what a great opportunity that is. We also have a quarterly coming up here, and you can get more information about that by clicking on the itinerary button on the front page there in the upper left-hand corner and find out what the quarterly and where it's going to be. It's going to be over in Fairfield, Illinois, out to what we call lovingly the Corn Patch. And you can be a part of that and begin to learn the material straight from the throne room of God and I'm telling you what, that is a great opportunity, folks. So grab a hold of this and begin to prepare and to plan and get yourself down here and find out for yourself what's going on, and you can become part of this last day move of God, the House of Ephraim. And again, you can get all that information out at the website, www.jewishprophet.com. We also have fellowships available online. So, you know, if you're out there and you don't have a local fellowship or, or you want to begin to learn about the material and begin to plug in with the material. Not only do we have this blog every day, but we also have fellowships available online. That's via Ustream.tv, and we have one on Friday night. I teach one myself Friday night. You can become part of that. There's also a Wednesday midweek service, and we teach only the prophet's material so that you're assured of learning the right material at the right time. What an opportunity. Again, that all is. So, again, if you don't already have a fellowship in your area or you just are interested in learning more about what's going on, please consider joining up with that. And you can get more information just by emailing us at cradle at jewishprofit.com. That's cradle at jewishprofit.com. And just say, hey, I'd like to sign up for that Shabbat service that Mark was talking about and certainly love to get you hooked up. If you want to do it just by the telephone, we can do that also. And you can give the office a call. 618-262-2810 and find out more about that also. Like I said earlier, we do have with us from Mount Carmel, Illinois, Prophet Tom Deggert. Now let me say that again. We Now, I went through and I want to go back through and talk just momentarily with you to reiterate, if you will, about the vision that came to me and to get you to understand the things that come with prophets and how that we receive, and how we must give, and when we do give, uh, you know, what, what, what exactly is it going to be all about after it's given, if you will. 
so I always begin by talking about Amos, Amos 3, 7. And in that piece of Scripture, it just simply says that surely the Lord God will do nothing, but He revealeth His secret unto His servants, the prophets. And God doesn't do anything without He does that. Now, I think, personally, with all that's going on today in the church and out of the church, on the face of this earth, that we're seeing a lot of people use the name prophet. And I, I, I'm, a bit, I'm a bit disturbed about some of it, because some of it is no more being a prophet than, than that chair that's sitting here in front of me, all right? Because prophets hear God tell us or show us, however that is, and then we go out and we prophesy that which God gives us, and we do that in order to do what? To warn the people from God. Now, I, I mean, the vision came in this case. I received it. The Lord God said, go prophesy the vision and warn the people. I've done that, and I'm still doing it. I've got a lot of cities that I've still got to get to, that I will get to. But he also said something else. You also tell them how to prepare for this coming time. Because he said the preparation is going to be of the utmost importance. All right? So back to the thing with prophets. If God is going to give a prophet a vision, and if it's a true vision, then God is going to do what? He's going to, number one, the vision is going to come to pass when it's prophesied. Number two, if that prophet that brought the vision, if God chooses, and, and he will, he will give that prophet the way for the people to escape. To get, you, know, you know, the warning, I'm, I'm, I'm saying there's a plague coming. There's a plague coming to this earth that's going to absolutely destroy millions of people's lives. It's going to destroy Christians. It's going to destroy Jews. It's going to destroy Muslims. It's going to call, destroy Buddhists. It's going, to, it's going to destroy, bless God, every type of religion that there is. But there, are, there is one people on the face of this earth that God is going to absolutely protect. And that person on this earth is simply called a child of Almighty God. And that's what it's about. Now, the key to this thing is very simple. Who are the children of God? Who, who are the ones in which God truly can say, I am your Father? Now, we're going to look at some of this tonight, and I don't want you to, again, leave tonight feeling like, that, bless God, that you're being left out in the rain. It's not too late. You're not here because, bless God, that, that you didn't have anything else to do tonight. Obviously, there's a, a number that, that, that could have been here that, that wasn't, a number that signed up that decided maybe not to show up, and they're still trying to find a way to get in from the mile walk from the parking lot maybe. Who knows? But, but anyway, uh, we'll receive them as they come. So anyway, to go back to this and to realize that then it's the prophets that's going to warn. To find a prophet of God, you're going to have to find somebody that's been in the prophet business, if I can say it that way, and somebody that's done this for enough years and has a track record that you can examine and say, well, that, that happened and that happened and that happened and that happened after he prophesied it or she prophesied it, then you must come to the conclusion that that one must be a prophet. You must come to that conclusion. Now, what does God also say? But if what they prophesy doesn't come to pass, he said, pay no attention to him, didn't he? He said, just don't pay any attention to him. Just leave it alone. And let me tell you something about prophets. Prophets don't miss. Prophets, I, I've, I've done this for 30 years. And for 30 years, not one vision that God has given to me has fallen to the ground. In other words, not one thing that I prophesied has not come to pass or some of the things that I prophesied that's coming to pass. And I'm going to talk about a few of those things tonight as we go through this thing. Now, in 2003, if you will remember back, and I'll quickly try to go through this because most of you in this room, I think, was with me uh, in some of those cities that I was in. And some of you came from a long way. And I want to tell you, I appreciate you making the effort and the time to come. Now, in 2003, uh, there was an outbreak of uh, this bird flu that they called it in Vietnam, and it was reported on TV. I remember, I remember sitting, and I remember watching that, and as I watched it, God spoke to me and, and said to me that, that, that there would be a plague that would scourge the world, that there would be a plague that would scourge the world. And I thought, well, there's, a, there's the birds. They're having a flu, but it was just in those chickens. And there were some people that had contracted it from the chickens, but I thought, well, that, 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 that isn't really the way viruses like that work. So I didn't pay much attention to it. Then in 2004, the next day, again, he spoke to me, and he said millions are going to die. Millions of lives are, go are going to be lost to this plague all over the world. Then in the first week of February, the vision came in 205. 
2005. How's that? 2005. The vision came of the plague, and God said that, 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 that he would do what? He was going to devastate the world. Now, God doesn't do these things because God doesn't have anything else to do. And, and, and God never, bless God, I'm going to tell you something. God never, bless God, drops the hammer, if you will, sends a plague like this across this world until he has tried every remedy that there is to try. Now, I know that there has been prophets. I know that there has been people that have stood and cried out to the church time and time and time again, saying, repent, 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 come back to the things of God, that bless God, that, that, that never, that, that the church didn't pay any attention to it. The people didn't pay any attention to it. And my Lord and my God, folks, when you start looking at this thing, I mean, we got in the state of California now that, that, that you know, in some of those counties, they can't even say the Pledge of Allegiance anymore to the flag. Because we're, we're saying, uh, you know, we, it's God. We use the, the, the name God in what we do. Now, now, you have to understand and you have to realize that a nation that's got themselves in a position now where we're considering letting the guys marry the guys and the gals marry the gals, that's an abomination to God. Now, uh, the, the, you know, the, the, their uh, individual governments in these states can vote all day. The government, the Supreme Court can vote all day. But I'm going to tell you something. You, that, that doesn't change God's mind. God set rules, and those rules that God set, if you will, were set for mankind. They're, they're morality laws, laws in which God said that this you'll do and this you won't do. You do this, it will become an abomination unto you. And yet somehow we, as the church, somehow, as I've said, we crawl back in a little, a little comfort zone, and we got in our churches, and I mean, we're all there on Sunday morning, and we're praising God, and oh, we're just, you know, feeling so good about ourselves. And, and, and all this is going on, and one woman basically took prayer out of the school systems. And yet, what, what, what's, and you think God is happy about that? You think God, no, God's not happy about that. So what happens with God is He sends prophet after prophet after prophet that come before the people, come before the church, and began to scream, Repent ye, repent ye, for the Lord God is at hand. And, and, and he keeps doing it, not once, not twice. Maybe he did it a thousand times. Maybe he did this over the last 30 or 40 or 50 years. I don't know. But I know one thing. When it comes to the bottom line, and when the church didn't repent, when this nation didn't repent, when this world didn't repent, then God has no other alternative except to take things into hand. And that's what he's done. Prophets like me have been prophesying for years that God was going to drop the hammer on the church, that God was going to drop the hammer on this world. God will not tolerate. He's not going to tolerate us now into this gene splicing and making human beings the way we want to make them. God's not going to tolerate that. He's God. He's the creator of all mankind. Not, not a couple of wacky scientists out here that's got... And you know, I prophesied in most of the cities, and I, I think maybe all of them, the fact of it is that, that we here in America have already created monsters. We've already got monsters created, hiding them away, not knowing what to do with them. Right here in this nation, it's going on. And, and, and we're trying to play God. Well, we're not God. And what God told me was, He said, I'm going to show this nation and this world that I'm God. And he said, you prophesy to them that I'm going to show them that I'm God. He said, you tell them that I'm going to send forth this plague and it's going to cover this earth. Millions of people are going to die, most of which uh, the worst part of it is going to end up being, in, in fact, in, in, in the third world. Uh, even, as, even as we speak tonight, and, and by the way, I think it would uh, be getting close to about 2 o'clock in the afternoon in some of the places in Africa I go, there, there are sealing, they are sealing with the prophet's oil all the people they can get to. I didn't know what else to do. I, I prayed. I, I got before God, and God said, tell them to take the anointing oil and begin to anoint the people. Begin to anoint the people. I'm going to anoint some of you here tonight, all of you, if you want anointed before you leave here. I, I scripturally, scripturally, prophets can do those things, and I'm about to do that tonight. This thing isn't a game. It's not a joke. It's not something to, to sit around and, and bless God think, oh, isn't this going to be cute and isn't it going to be fun? I've got news for you. This thing is the real McCoy, and we're, we're about to find out who belongs to the Lord and who doesn't. And there's a line being drawn in the sand, if you will, and there's a lot of people that bless God that are standing on the other side of that line telling prophets like me, well, all you've got to do is speak the name of Jesus. And you know what I'm telling them? After you bury your dead, you come and see me before the next plague comes because there's going to be another one. 
You come and talk to me after you bury him, because that's what you're going to end up having to to do, is to bury the dead. God is transitioning the church, folks. As I keep saying, it's changing. It is going to change. The way you know church today is over. It doesn't work anymore. We don't even see the book of Acts qualify itself in most churches today on the face of this earth. And because of that, God has done what He's always done. He's bringing us full turn. And if you, it's very simple. In the book of Acts, they were what? They were Christians and they were Jews, both. If you were a Christian, you became a Jew. Just that simple. What did Paul say? Well, if you, if you become a Christian, you're a grafted-in Jew. So, you know, I hear so many people being, being a Messianic Jew. I hear so many people saying, well, I'm not a blood Jew. If you have received Yeshua, which is a Jew, if you've received the Mashiach, the Messiah, then you have become a Jew. And you have become just exactly like the rest of the Jews always were up until the time of Constantine's mother. And Constantine was a ruler of Rome in about 300 and something after the death of Mashiach, after he left this earth. And she decided that there would be no more Jew churches. You're going to be a Christian, would have their church. The Jews would do what they did. In fact, she went as far as to change the Sabbath. Now, I don't know how many of you in this room understand something, but it doesn't impress God if you change anything. It does not impress God. God doesn't get impressed by mankind. And I'll tell you why God doesn't get impressed by mankind. Because mankind is always doing things contrary to God. We always have done. We'll go to seed with this Messianic movement. And you watch, it will end up going to seed. Why? Because man will get in it and we'll get a better idea than God's got. Before you know it, bless God, we'll be promoting what? We'll be promoting us instead of the Lord. So the Lord told me, and he said, uh, he said this generation, he said, is going to understand it. The Lord said that the pale horse had ridden. And he said, you begin to tell the people. You begin to tell the people the plague that's coming. I don't know the exact timing. I want to spend a moment here because I want you to realize that the, we're, we're... See, when, when this all started back in February, you couldn't find anything about the bird flu. Uh, and if you did, it was very, very, very vague. Today, now that was February, and here we are in... And, and it's not been just today. Probably within the last couple months, it's almost a daily thing coming on the television set, national news. You're, talk, you're hearing about the bird flu. You're hearing about this. You're hearing about that. You're hearing about pan, pandemic. You're hearing about the president coming up and saying that, bless God, that we've got all this money that we're going to put toward the research of, 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 some, of serum that's going to be used and, 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 and so that the bird flu thing. And i got news for you. The bird flu, until that becomes airborne and that virus becomes airborne, will no longer be bird flu. Then it's going to be people flu. And when it does that, and until it does that, they don't know what strain it is, and there is no way. You know, they had the big, the big run on that Tamra, what was Tamra, Tamra serum or whatever it was. People stalked up on that. You know what the government finally told the people? That that wasn't going to work, and it couldn't work, not, not with the bird flu thing, not with the avian flu that they've now called it. It won't work. But what did they let them do? And I'm going to tell you the same thing I've told you before. This thing is further along than any of us in this room know. And if you'll watch closely that little ticker that runs at the bottom of those television sets that you got in your home, that when you're watching Fox or, or CNN or some of these other uh, 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 national news uh, syndicates, uh, this week, earlier this week, it said that there was geese and ducks in Canada that were dead, and they thought that it was the, it was the bird flu, and they were checking it, and of course they were going to let us know. Now that happened Monday or Tuesday. I'm not sure when it did. Now, has anybody heard anybody come back with a report? Nope. Nobody heard, did they? Probably won't. I'm going to tell you something, folks. I had somebody write me from 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 Michigan. About, about a month ago, and told me that the, that the bird flu was in the chickens in Michigan and had been found in a flock up there. And then I wrote to that person, and they wrote back and said, well, they shut it all up, and nobody seems to want to talk about anything, and not to worry about it. it, wasn't, it none of that was true. Well, I'm here to tell you, and I'm going to keep telling you, the government lied to us, and I know personally that he li- they lied to us about, the, about uh, HIV, when that came, that vision came, I prophesied it, just like I'm standing here tonight prophesying to you about this bird flu thing. And the fact of it was, the government lied, and I told them, as God told me in the vision, the government would lie. And I'm here to tell you the government's lying to us. This thing is further along. This thing is, this thing is a lot further along. And all of a sudden it slipped out and somehow came up that they, that they, they, they got some chickens dying down in, in South America now. 
Well, now, wait a minute. We were told that that, that, that that couldn't get to South America. In fact, some jughead got on TV and said that the, even though it was going into the ducks and geese, it couldn't get into, it couldn't get into the United States. And boy, I'm going to tell you what, then what's us scientists doing up there in that flyway coming across to Alaska? What are they doing up there now, testing those birds as they're coming and going? You notice we haven't got any results to any of those tests yet, have we? Have you, heard, have you heard anything about it? No, you don't hear anything about it. You know why? You're not going to hear anything about it. The, the, the government doesn't want to panic the people. And I, and I can understand that to some degree. But I can also understand something else to a bigger degree. We deserve to know what's going on. Amen? You know a good prophet, and you'll probably be able to know and understand a lot of it anyhow. Now, as I begin to go down through here, I, I, I remember talking about seeing a man carry a, a small child, a little girl, and she had died. And he was carrying this child in his arms, and tears were streaming down his face. And he looked to heaven, and he said to the Lord, he said, God, I don't understand this. He said, I'm a Christian. I'm a Holy Ghost-filled Christian. He said, how could this have happened? How could this be? Now, you know, I, I, the understanding of it, well, the heathen I can understand. You know, that's really what he was saying. I can understand the heathen, but how could this be? I go to church every Sunday. I put money in the, in the plate every Sunday when it goes by. I do this and I do that. And here I am taking my child to the grave. Now, 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 Lord, how could this be? And I'm going to tell you something. When that portion of that vision came to me, I sat and I began in wonderment to say to the Lord God, it's what you have always told me, isn't it? That the church doesn't have the 91st Psalm working for it. Never has had, folks. And, if, and you know what I always liked about the church? And I was there. I not, only, not only was I there sitting where you sit, I was a, I was a minister. I, I raised up about seven churches in uh, southern Illinois, southern Indiana, and western Kentucky at one point in time. I, 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 I preached the same messages that the, the Pentecostal, the charismatic churches were preaching. And the thing kept coming back to me and back to me and back to me and back to me was very simple. Why is it, why is it that the 91st Psalm doesn't work for all of us? Now, 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 think about that for a minute. As a Christian, why does it not work? Especially now. You know, that, that, that one portion says, No plague shall come nigh thy dwelling. Right? That's what it says. No plague will come nigh thy dwelling. Well, we're about to find out, folks. And, and like I said, the sad part of this is we're having to find out under circumstances of one group standing there going, oh, you're crazier than a loon, and the other group standing there and saying, you better listen to the prophets. You better listen and understand what the prophets are saying. You better listen. But yet we have always had those kind of things, and, and I'm going to tell you something, it will not change. Of course, President, uh, 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 President Bush, when he came on and explained to us about all these millions of dollars that he was going to put into the research so we could get this serum uh, uh, to take care of this pandemic and, and we'd all be safe, uh, bless God, he also mentioned something else that fulfilled part of the, the vision that I uh, had prophesied and had given, that he would quarantine this nation. And I spoke about that in the vision as God gave it to me, as I gave to the people, that, 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 God, that, that this nation, the president, would quarantine the nation. Now, the president went ahead and said something else that's of great concern to me. And what he said was this. He said, the military will take over the factories. The military will take over all of, of, of uh, everything that there is. The military, you know what that is? That becomes a police state that pre prophets like me have prophesied, in my case, for 30 years. We will have entered into, and maybe it won't, maybe it will just be something that will come after the plague leaves, it'll be gone. Now, will this plague leave? Yes, this plague will leave. It will leave. I, I'm, I'm seeking God. I'm, I'm going to go. I'm going to go to fasting and seeking His face. I believe. I believe the Lord God's going to let me announce when this plague is going to be stayed, and I believe that. Now, I'm, I'm not telling you that. I don't don't say, well, God said that. That's why. No, that's not. What I'm, I'm telling you that I am going to believe God that He's going to speak to me, and I'm going to put out across the, the across the, the the internet, and I'm going to uh, inform all of you that the plague has been stayed. It's going to stop. Now, there's things that prophets are going to have to do in a way of fasting and prayer and seeking the face of God in order for those things to happen, but they will happen. You can, you can absolutely understand that that's not, beyond, that's not beyond God's realm. Amen? It's just not. Now, 
We need to understand, too, that the fact that, uh, that American hospitals will not be able to hold everybody that it comes in contact with this flu. Now, let me tell you what this is about. The World Health Organization says that everybody that catches this flu are going to have to be hospitalized and have, have, in other words, it's not going to be the kind of flu that you go home and drink the cup of tea and get in bed and, and have cold chills and don't feel good for three days and then it's over. They say that you're going to need to be hospitalized. You're going to have to go to the hospital and, and be able to, to receive uh, intravenous uh, fluids and the things that you're going to need to be able to survive. Now, there's not enough hospital beds in America to do that. Now, uh, I've been, I've been uh, heard on, on TV where that they're planning on. Now, now, why would they be planning on taking schools? Why would they be planning on taking auditoriums and places like this, turning them into hospitals? Now, now, now stop and think again. Why are they planning on this? Because it isn't a matter of whether it's going to happen. It's a matter of when it happens. And that's the scary part of this thing. That brings us full turn and brings us back to the place of being able to realize and prepare ourselves and, and, and see that, bless God, that we are in a precarious position at best with this government. And, and, and it, isn't, it isn't the fact that, bless God, that, that God doesn't love us. That doesn't have anything to do with this. It's because we've defiled the living God. And that's what this whole thing's about. This thing, this thing is about defilement. We have defiled the things of God. But... As God always has and always will give a solution or a remedy to everything that he's ever done. He always has, and he's going to do that even here tonight as you're listening. So stay in tune. Now, the third world would be worst off, as I said that before, uh, and uh, we're going to have to see what's going to take place with this. But, but God's people uh, need to be told how that they can escape how they escaped. And he told me in that vision, he said, you must tell them how to escape. Now, <clears throat> and he told me how that was going to happen, and I'm, I'm going to go through this. He said, you've got to warn the people, and you've got you to tell them that, uh, that there will be plagues that are going to follow this plague. We entered into, and I, and I prophesied when, when the tsunami came. Uh, I, I, God spoke to me in a vision at that point in time, and he said, you tell the people that this is the beginning of sorrows, that things from this point on are not going to get better. They are going to get worse, and they're going to get worse, and they're going to get worse. Now, I prophesied uh, back in 92 or 94, I don't remember for sure, about the hurricanes and all the hurricanes are going to start coming into the United States, and all that, especially in Florida and, and the Gulf. I prophesied that they were going to become more and more often, which last year they become more often. This year they came, became even more often. And, and doing what? And devastating those areas. Now, what is that? That's judgment from God. And I told the people then, I said, this is God's judgment that's coming. You know, most of the church does not believe that God does anything like that. Do you know that? Most church people think, oh, no, 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 that's the God of the Old Testament. Well, let me, let me help you out here a minute. There's not two gods. There's not a God of the Old Testament and a God of the New Testament. There, 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 there isn't. There isn't. There isn't two sets of people, the, the people of the New Testament and the people of the Jews of the Old Testament. There's not two sets of rules either, folks. A set of rules for the Jews in the Old Testament and a set of rules for the good guys over here, as us being the Christians, over here in Christendom. There isn't that. There's one God, there's one people, and there's one set of rules. And where we and the church have fouled up is we somehow uh, distorted all this thing, but somehow believing that, bless God, that we were all right and Judah, being the Jews, was all wrong. The only thing they've been wrong about is Mashiach, Messiah. They will, they will in the end see him and mourn the one that they had pierced. And you know, they brought that... Uh, that, 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 that the passion out and all the Jews got all upset because we think we, 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 they think we think that they are Christ killers. Okay? And, and so somebody said something to me about it. In fact, it was, a, it was a rabbi. He said to me, he said, well, what do you think about that prophet? And I said, oh, I'm not, you did hang him on the tree. You got just that quiet too, folks. I said, you did, you did, you, you did hang him on the tree. Well, no, I said, no, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. 
Barabbas was on one side, Mashiach on the other side, and, and they said, and they said, who do you want? And you said, give us Barabbas, and hung the Messiah. Now, you can call yourself whatever you want to call yourselves, and it doesn't matter to me, but if you think that in this day and age, in this generation, that you think I blame you for that, no, I don't blame you for that. And the reason I don't blame you for that, because that's what it says was going to happen. Fulfillment of Scripture in a subject, all right? Now, when the Lord God, into this vision that he took me, and when the Lord God came to the point and he began to say to me, he said, I want you to prepare the people, and he said, I want you to tell them how to escape this plague. I said, yea, Lord. Then he took me into, and, and, and the thing of it is, as being a Jew, we are very, very conscious of the festivals in which God placed into our lives and told us that we were to keep for a perpetual covenant throughout our generation, and then he stamped it by saying, I am the Lord thy God, which makes it perpetual. It means that it's forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. And if you don't know any Hebrew uh, to be able to go prove that, then I think there's probably some, there's some Bibles that are being written now that you probably can get a hold of, and that'll explain that to you. But the fact of it was, he said, remember Egypt. Remember when I brought you out of Egypt. He said, what did you do when I brought you out of Egypt? What did I tell you to do? I said, well, Lord God, you told us to take the sacrificial lamb, to slay the lamb, and to put the blood upon the doorposts and the lentils, and to stay in and then to, to do everything. You gave us specific instructions. Now, you need to, if you're taking notes or you're taking them on paper, you're taking them in your mind and heart tonight, you need to underline the word Pacific directions. God gives specific directions, all right? And, and, and I said, and, and he said, yes, and he said, and, and what happened? He said, we were told to stay in, so we stayed in until the death angel passed over. He said, that's right. He said, you need to remember when you came out of Egypt. Then the next scene, I was in, a, in Poland, and I was in a concentration camp. The old rabbi that was standing, and he held his hands to heaven, and as often as the Kohanim did, would spread his fingers as such, and he began to pray. And when he finished the prayer, he told the people, he said, Stand still, for the Lord God, Yahweh, will deliver Israel, will deliver us this day, on the seventh day of Passover, of Pesach. Well, the seventh day of Passover came, and what happened? And uh, from that point on, six million of us died in the gas chambers. One of those old rabbis that escaped the gas chambers, he wrote his memoirs. And in his memoirs, he said this, If we had have known, if we had have known that we were going to have died in the gas chambers and God was not going to have delivered us, on Passover, on Pesach, the seventh day thereof, he said we would have told the people to have gone and to have done everything they could have done, even to being shot in the back would have been better to have gone to the gas chambers. Now, why did they not try to escape? Well, as a Christian, we know why, don't we? Blood didn't work. The blood that was applied in Egypt, no, long, no longer was it applicable. Why? Because Mashiach, Yeshua, had come. The dispensation of grace, the time of the Gentiles, uh, was upon them. And God no longer honored the blood of the sacrificial lamb because we now had the blood of what? The living lamb. And the Lord God, and I said, well, Lord, I, I understand that. I said, I, I, think, I think most of us besides the Jews do understand that. And the Lord said to me, he said, you prophesy and you tell the people that the Gentile age is coming quickly to a close. And it will close. The door is closing, even now as I stand here. And as I've said, within the next year, within the next two years, the Gentile age, as we know it and as spoke about it, will be over. Now, what does it mean when that's over? Brothers and sisters, put your thinkers on here for a second. Over, then God is going to do something different. Why? Because now, now we have completed the Gentile age. We have completed the time of taking in. Now, will there be people still saved? Yes, there will. There will still be people saved. We have drawn to an end of that era, just like we drew to the end. Now, please, somebody, if you're understanding this, say amen. amen. 
We, we came through the era where the only way that we escaped the death angel was to sacrifice the lamb, the animal. But that didn't work in the concentration camps, and those Jews believed that they were still being there. But what? The blood was not applicable any longer. Because Yeshua, the Christ, the Mashiach, the Messiah had come. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden now, things, have, things seem to be like they're haywire. And I said, oh no, they're not haywire any longer. You have to apply the blood. You have to understand the application of the blood. And say, well, well what is that? I said, oh, it's, it's, it's very simple. I said, you don't have to, you don't have to uh, misunderstand that at all. Uh, all you have to do is, is turn with me, if you will, in the book of Revelation, the 12th chapter. Some of you didn't think I was going to open the Bible, did you? Praise God, anyway. This old Bible's been opened so many times. I've glued this thing together so many times that I've glued pages together. I just have to go back and memorize the whole page. Uh, 12.17 of the book of Revelation says this, And the dragon was wrought with the woman, and went to make war with the remnant of her seed, which is what? That's, that's, that's children of God, which keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. Now understand, there's two things that's going on there. Now, now, now let me let me stop and preface this quickly. But just saying this: if you are if you are of uh, of the nature or, or you're of of the of the school of believing that you're going to be raptured off this earth, then then you're saying, well, that's the, you know that's the Jews and and that's fine for them. They're going to find Jesus, all right. But for those of us that know that there isn't going to be a rapture, there's not going to be a pre-tribulation rapture, and there's not. But the fact of it is that was just another thing that the church didn't let the prophets take care of, but the people took care of, preachers took care of. And I'm here to tell you that it's not the preachers that's leading the church down the direction which God wants. It's the prophets that lead the church. And that's the reason so much are upon our shoulders. That's the reason, bless God, that, that I keep saying, these guys running around here, you, you, you know what it means if, if you use the, the, the name of the Lord God in vain? You know when I grew up, you know what I thought it was? If, if, if you were cussing and using the name God, you know, like the, the way we did when we were kids in the, in the school and out on the playground and, and those things. I thought that was using the name of God in vain. Do you know what that is? When you say that God said something that God didn't say, then you have absolutely used His name in vain. When you open your mouth up and say, and that's the reason I keep saying, you know the church is full of people saying, God said this, and God said, I get so sick of it that it's not even funny. I, and you don't want to know something, the same people that believe that they're prophets of God, and we have this happen every week, and you can talk to Donna about it, they're the ones that are ringing my phone off the hook saying, now, Prophet Deckard, would you just pray and ask God about this and ask God about that? Let me ask you something. Yours, nobody in this room ever has had, nor will ever have, a phone call from this prophet asking you to pray for me about anything from God. And I'll tell you why. Because I've got access to that throne room, and I have had for 30 years. I know how to get in there. I know how to get on my face before God. And I know how to get done what needs to be done. And I know how to seek forth the answers that I have in my life. Now, if I can do that, and they call themselves prophets and they can't, somebody's wrong. I'll say amen. I'll say amen to that. And it's inevitably it happens the same way. Now, I'm not, I'm not talking about the, the young budding prophets. I've got some young prophets. Say, bless God, they better call me. I'm not talking about them. But I'm talking about these people. Bless God, well, now, Brother Deckard, you know I'm this and I'm that and I'm everything. I'm going to tell you something. You know, I said, we got, but, but I'm going to tell you something. The charismatic and Pentecostals did all this. All we did, we went through, well, let's say at the mouth of God. I used to go in churches, and, and especially the Pentecostal churches and the charismatic churches, and I'd go in there and I'd sit down and they'd have me come. And they, you know, I do, you know, I do things on all kind of things. Uh, I, for th after 30 years, or you can't find a subject I haven't preached on somewhere along the line. And so they'd have me come, stay a week, and I'd be sitting up there next to the pastor. And every night at 7:15, Mrs. Jones would get up and give tongues. And after she sat down, Mrs. Smith would get up over here and give the interpretation of that tongue. And I sat there night after night, meeting after meeting. And finally, the pastor said to me, he said, Oh, Prophet Deckard, he said, Isn't it such a blessing that these sisters are hearing from God? I said, Are you asking me or are you telling me? He said, Well, well brother, he said, he said uh, God forbid that you wouldn't think that's God. And I said, I'm going to tell you something. And I said, Now, brother, I said, I don't want you to misunderstand this, but understand it. I'm sitting here night after night after night, 
And I said, I realize that all the things that they said was all uplifting and all the things that you know that, we, that Paul wrote to us, if you're going to prophesy, this is the way it should be. But I said, I want to tell you something. I don't think there's even close, even close to being what God wanted said. He looked at me and he said, well, Brother Deckard, he said, I, I don't think I understand that. I said, well, let me, put, let me put, put it in a way that maybe me and you can get on the same page here. I can eat a can of beans and take a, a wooden spoon and a pan and bring more anointing down than those two sisters will do the rest of the days that they're on the face of this earth. He looked at me and he said, well, I can certainly understand that, Brother Deckard. It was a little crude. But I said, well, I am a little crude. I said, you're talking to an old country boy here. You're not talking to one of them city slickers. Bless God, I want to tell you something. When I go to bed at night in the summertime, I, I'm hearing those crickets. And I'm hearing them carry on. And I'm, I'm, bless God, I'm hearing them frogs across the way in the pond over there going on. See, I'm a country boy. I look at things just a little bit different than city people do. And I, I think God, it's okay with God that I do. But let me tell you one thing I know. I know this, that because we have run our mouths all so much about God said this and God said that, that most of the church today doesn't know where to go and what to do because we've got too many voices going on. Now, let me tell you, a lot of what's going to settle this is this plague that's coming. I've been called about everything there is to be called through 30 years of being a prophet. And it's not over, and it's not over, and it's still not going to be over because people, you know, well, now he's a doom and gloomer. You can't, you know, God's not going to let that happen. God will never let that. You watch God let it happen. You, let, you watch God cause it to happen because it's coming. And why is it coming? It's coming because, brothers and sisters, we again have defiled a living God. We messed up. You say, well, all we've got to do is repent. Yeah, you're right. But it's going to have to start with the president. It's going to have to start with the president's men. It's going to have to start with the governors of, of every state of this union. It's going to have to start with the mayors in every city, St. Louis and, and Collinsville and everywhere else. Call the people to a, a time of fasting, a time of repentance. Yes, and God will hear us from heaven, and God will come down and heal our land, and God will set it up. But I'm going to tell you, and if you think that's going to happen, and I'm getting some people writing to me trying to explain to me like I don't understand anything about intercession, the fact of it is that, bless God, that God is going to stop this thing because they're going to pray it to a stop. And, I'm, and I write back and I say just simply this. If you believe that, then you surely must believe that the sun is going to come up out of the Pacific Ocean tomorrow instead of the Atlantic. Because that's how close that is for a viable answer to what God's getting ready to do because it's not going to take place like that. Now, how, how are we going to get ourselves into those positions? You and I have to be, in, 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 in reality, we have to face and we have to understand what God is saying. Now, when you look at, and the last time, that you see the power working in this book is in the book of Acts. That's the last time you saw it. Now, I've been making statements, and if you didn't hear me make the statement, then let me make it again so you can hear it. Paul, Peter wrote this about Paul. Peter said, listen, you've got to watch this Paul. He said, this guy's a Pharisee, and he's so smart when it comes to the, comes to the Scriptures that he talks above everybody's head. Now, you wouldn't think all these centuries later that Paul was still talking above the heads of the church because, I mean, after all, we're so smart. But I'm going to tell you what, he is. Paul wasn't against the law. Paul never was against the law. And I've got tapes back there that if you'll sit down and listen to them and pray about it, you can learn something. Paul was an apostle, a great apostle, but Paul was a Pharisee. And let me tell you something as a Jew that I know that maybe I can help you with. The Sanhedrin would have loved to have stoned Paul because Paul jumped ship, okay? Paul decided he was going to become what? A Christian. Now, the same guy consenting to the, the Stephen's death, and now he's now going to become a Christian, okay? So the Sanhedrin's looking at that, and they're going, we need to get him in. How are we going to do him? How are we going to do this? We can't do it unless he does what? Now, listen, unless he does what? Listen, breaks the law. And if Paul had broken the law, they would have killed Paul. And that's what they wanted to do, but Paul didn't break the law. What did he say? He said, I'm not, he said, I've not done anything against the law of God, against the law of Rome. Or the, he said, I haven't done anything like that. You know, where we misunderstood, and now let me tell you just briefly, we misunderstood because, you see, when Paul said, uh, you've been redeemed from the curse of the law, when Paul went into that, what we, what we weren't smart enough to know, and again, folks, being non-Jews, we didn't have, if you will, the fullness of the gospel like we thought we had. The richness lies within the, within the Jew side, the Jewish side. The prophets were all Jews. 
Come on. The apostles in the New Testament were all Jews. Christ himself was a Jew. All right? Let me, let me help you out with something. Turn to the book of Zechariah. I want to show you something. I don't, if, you, if you study the, the, the Bible, uh, I'm certain that you, you know that, uh, bless God, that, that this, this pertains to in Zechariah. If you'll turn there with me in the last chapter, this is pertaining to uh, the Mashiach coming back, okay, coming to this earth. All right? Now, it's important for you to understand in this that... Um, he starts out in that 16th verse, and he says something. He says, And it shall come to pass, and I'm in 14:16, that everyone that is left on all the nations which came against Jerusalem shall even go up from year to year to worship the King and the Lord of hosts and keep the Feast of Tabernacles. Now, that's one of the feasts. Uh, we just came through the Feast of Tabernacles. We, we call it Sukkot. All right, it's a time when God demands, commands us to go out to build handmade shift homes to live in. So why? We can remember, here again, everything that God does is for us to remember. I wear this. These tassels remind me of the law of God. The blue one is Mashiach. Now, you don't see the Orthodox with a blue, with a blue thread. And, and it's kind of funny because um, I, I know uh, rabbis, and so when I get in a conversation with them, I'll say, how come your tallit doesn't have a, a blue thread in it? What? I said, oh, yeah, turn, turn, show them a scripture. I said, and the, it has a blue thread. Well, he said, I don't know. He said, I, I don't know. He, and then, then one of them called me and said, well, Brother Decker said, because we don't have the right kind of blue, the dye that they don't know what dye that went. I said, well, you know, God, don't make any difference. Blue is blue. I said, i got a blue one in mind. See? I said, that's a, that's a blue one. That, stand, that, that, that's for Mashiach, from, for, for, for the Messiah. These knots are all, all part of the uh, reminding us of the law. And they all add up and they all come to the same thing. The 613 Mosfet are the law that the Lord God gave unto Moses. Now, are we to keep all that? No. Now, did you hear that? Now, people are, oh, we're going, he thinks we're going back to keep the law. No. That's not what this is about. It's not about chemo. Let's go, let's go to... But, but you need to understand something. If, in fact, and this is the millennium reign that's been talked about here in the 14th chapter of Zechariah, this being the millennium reign, then you ought to understand something, that the Lord Yeshua is coming back. He's coming back, and He is going to rule with a rod of iron. And if, and if you go on and read this, you're going to find something out. That, bless God, that those people that don't keep... Tabernacles, and that's just he's just talking about tabernacles here. All right, that, then what's going to happen? They're not going to, there's not going to be no rain on their land, and there's going to be a plague. Now, well, why would he do that? Why would he? Do, because he never quit doing that. What do you think he was doing on the night that he sat with his disciples at Passover? He was keeping the festival of Hebrew. It's called Pesach. He was keeping the festival. And, 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 oh, well, now, bless God, we don't need to be doing that anymore. Why not? It is a commandment of God. What made us, it goes back to the same thing. Are we a people down here that we've got, we call ourselves Christians and we got all these rules that God made and then, 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 you know, we can just tear the Old Testament out and throw it away? That's really what people are saying. Just get rid of the Old Testament. We don't need it anymore. But I'm going to tell you something. It is the God of the Old Testament, Yahweh, that is the God of the New Testament. The Lord Yeshua Himself said, I am not greater than my Father. Isn't that what He said? And yet you go in a church service tomorrow and you're going to see people lifting up Jesus a whole lot more than you're going to hear Him lifting up Yahweh, the Father. Now what's wrong with that? Jesus Himself said, don't do that! But yet we did it, didn't we? What happened to us in all these things? I'll tell you what happened to us. The same thing that always happened to us. We go to seed. We get to thinking, and like I said, I'm going to tell you why. We get, we get letting some of these jar-headed preachers that think they're prophets start coming forth and start saying, well, this is the way this is, that's the way that is. Now, let me just ask you something. Were you around to vote when we decided that we wouldn't keep Passover, instead we'll have, you know, we're going to have Easter? Was you around and voted for that? What prophet do you think would have ever let Easter came in and taken the place of Passover? There aren't any. Never was, never will be. But yet we did that. We came in. And let me tell you something else. Instead of the, the, the tabernacles, you know what the church did? We have Halloween. Come on. 
Instead of keeping Passover, we have, I mean, uh, tabernacles, we, at the same time of the year, we celebrate Halloween. Something wrong somewhere, folks. And then you get to wondering, well, why is God angry? Why is God mad? Why is this plague coming? I'll tell you why it's coming. Again, we have defiled the living God. Now, now let, me, let, me, uh, let me go into Second Chronicles, the 20th chapter. Turn there with me. And the key to this thing, in fact, I've got tapes back there. Uh, I think there's two, two hours on this subject. And it says, and I want to just get to the bottom part of that piece of Scripture, the bottom part of the 20th verse of, 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 of 2 Chronicles 20. Well, let's read it all. And they rose early in the morning and went forth into the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went forth, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and ye inhabitants of, of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, and so shall you be established. Now, does that not establish us? Absolutely it does. But listen to the rest of this. He says, so, uh, he said, believe, believe his prophets, so shall ye prosper or succeed. There's two, the, 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 believe in God will establish you into his kingdom. Believe in the prosper, believe in the prophets that you'll prosper is because they're going to teach you and lead you into thinking, well, I've got the Holy Ghost, the Rahakodish to do that, Brother Deckard. Well, then I'm going to tell you something. Then you need to use him. Because you don't need the prophets, and then God's word is what? God's word is uh, to no avail to you. It's not, it just isn't the way it works, folks. See, uh, if you look and you go back and you begin to examine this thing, we went for centuries letting the pastors run the churches. There weren't any prophets. Bless God, I wrote a book, and I'm not even sure it's been long enough ago to let my prophets in, when God began to tell me that he was going to bring forth the prophets. He said, I'm going to bring the prophets back to the church. At that time that I wrote that piece back there, if you mentioned being a prophet, everybody said, yeah, you are a false one, because there aren't any prophets any longer. Now, my Lord and my God, you everywhere you go, any, any full gospel realm at all, bless God, every church has got a dozen of them if you're not careful. And the Lord told me, he said, the first group that's going to volunteer to be the prophets are going to be the pastors. Did that not happen? Sure did. Still is, as a matter of fact. I'm not a pastor, and, and, and I don't think being around me and listening to me preach, you, you'd even dare call me a pastor. I don't have the heart of a pastor. I, I, you know, I told, I'm sure, throughout that tour, it's easy to tell the difference between a, a prophet of God and a pastor. A pastor, bless God, he'll do everything he can do to keep you in church. You go out and tell him you're going to leave. You go out and get in the car. He might lay down in front of the car and say, just run over me. You tell me you're going to leave, and I'll just tell you don't let the door hit you on the backside on the way out. And that's the end of the matter. And you say, well, that's not love. Yes, it's love. It's a different kind of a love, a love that the church has never known. A love that, bless God, that comes out of part of that five-fold ministry that is needed in the church. It's no more than the rest of them, but it is a part or a portion of that. And what we did back in those days, folks, instead of the prophets coming forth, bless God, people were afraid to be, be called prophets. They were afraid of them. There was a time that they burned them. There was a time they stoned them. They didn't want them around, didn't, didn't need them around, and, and they weren't going to be around. And bless God, one thing led to another and led to another and led to another, and God said, that's it. He said, I'm going to bring the prophets forth. I go, well, that ought to be a fun time. That ought to be wonderful, Lord. I said, yeah, well, I said, I can see right now we're in for a real deal, and we have been in for a real deal. Now, as I said, the thing with God, God sets it forth in action in the Spirit by the prophets, and we prophesy it, and I began to prophesy on the radio. I was on radio and TV at that time, and I began to prophesy and tell them. I said, the prophets are coming. The prophets are coming. I said, get ready. I said, they're going to put, they're going to put the church back in order. And I said, if you think that's something, you wait till the apostles come along. You're talking about ruling with an iron, with a piece of iron. I said, you don't know what's going You ain't got no idea what's going to take place when the apostles show up. They have the organization and the governments of the church. They're not going to put up with any of this foolery. They're not going to put up with any of this stuff. They're not going to put up with, with Mrs. Jones standing up and trying to give tongues to Mrs. Smith or whatever her name is trying to interpret them. You know what they're going to do? Shut up and sit down! And that's what they're going to do. And that's what this prophet does. You want to find out if you're hearing from God, just jump up and let your mouth go to rattling, and I'll let you know so quick your eyeballs will jump up and down. If it's God, we want to hear it. If it's not God, I'm going to tell you what, we don't need to hear it, and we sure don't need an exercise in, in, in you trying to bring to us uh, the, the, the thought that you might be a great one from God. There aren't any great ones from God except the Lord Yeshua himself, the one and the only, all right? Uh, there is no anoint, all anointed ones except him. That's the reason all of us have a portion of that anointing. We all have a portion. You are anointed of God. You're anointed vessels of God. 
But every portion that's here, it takes all of us together to be what? To be what God wants us to be. And yet we run around, and like I said, for centuries, we let the pastors, bless God, tell us what they believe. God was saying that we're to do this, we're to go to do that. We don't need to keep, we don't need to, you know, we don't need to keep uh, the, the things of God. You don't need to keep those festivals any longer. And I'm here to tell you, and, and we're to time, and I, you know the thing I love about this? I live in a time, and you live in a time, where all these arguments, you know, I've said for years, people said, well, now, Brother Deckard, now, just to, which, of what view are you? The, are you a pre-rapture or a mid-rapture or post-rapture? Just, just what are you, Brother Deckard? I said, well, I don't know what I am. I said, now, God tells me, and I'm talking about 30 years ago, I said, now, God tells me, I said, I don't have any idea what I am. I said, I can't understand why God take part of the family off this earth and leave the rest of the family. Now, folks, at that point in time, that's all I knew to say because I knew that they're children of God, excuse me, just like we're children of God. The Jew is a child of God. They are, they are chosen of God. Now, when you, when you look at this thing and you begin to examine it and you, you begin to realize, you say, well, now just how it is that, 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 that we, we fit into that picture? I'm glad you asked. You have to understand and go all the way back to Rehoboam and Jeroboam. Solomon's son, and how it was that, that he didn't please God, and, and, and the Lord said that, that Solomon didn't please God in the end. He did in the beginning, but he did in the end. A great lesson for us there. But he told us, he said, I will divide the kingdom. Ten tribes went north. The ten tribes that went north, Judah, the little tribe of Benjamin, and of course the Levites stayed in Jerusalem. Now, it's very simple to understand this. This is on the transition thing back there. The simple thing to understand here is that God scattered those ten northern tribes, and He said, I'm going to scatter you to the four corners of the earth, and you will not know who you are by the tongue that you speak or the color of your skin. And He scattered them across the world. Now, He also promises something else. That northern kingdom became known as the house of Joseph, the house of Ephraim, and the house of Israel. The southern kingdom was the house of Judah. A lot of people that, that, that bless God, that have not studied the Bible uh, correctly, they don't understand what's being, who's being talked about. They think when it talks about Israel, talking about all the tribes. Yes, in cases, yes. But after the split, and after God drove the ten tribes off, from that point, mostly, not always, but mostly, and when it's referred to Israel, it's talking about the ten lost tribes that were north. Now, God also said that there would be a time that would come that he would gather Ephraim, the house of Joseph, Israel, back unto Jerusalem, back unto, uh, back unto Israel is what he said, meaning the whole nation of Israel. Now, how is that going to happen? And this is what I want you to get. Put your thinkers on for a second. Now, it, you know, I, the, the slickest way would be God send us all an email, Right? That'd be, yeah, I know, that's a joke, and it's supposed to be. I don't do real well jokes, but that's supposed to be a joke. The, the, the fact of it is, though, that, that God's not going to do that. Well, God speaks to hearts. So, yes, He speaks to hearts. That's where all this has to happen. But listen to me closely, folks. When God came out of the box, and He did, when He came out of the ark, He said, I will enter in. Now, this, this is the new covenant that I'm talking about. Now, now, some of you are looking at me strange because you're believing that the new covenant was the church. No, the church was never the new covenant. No, not even close. You can't find that in the Scripture. You're going to find when God talks of the new covenant, He's talking about when He came out of the box and wrote His law, L-A-W, upon the hearts of His children, of His people. Now, who did He write His law? Uh, on whose hearts did He write His law? Now, listen to me closely. On oh, my great, 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 and it goes on great-grandfather. Now, when he passed on, gave up the ghost, then that writing in his heart, supernaturally now, of the law, was passed to the next generation, and so on and so forth. Hey, thank you so much, Prophet Deckard. Again, you can get a hold of us at the website, www.jewishprophet.com, and you can find out, again, all this material that you're hearing taught every day, every week. Folks, you want to get out there and start taking a look at that, and start ordering that material because you need to get a hold of that and start to apply that into your life so that it will change your life. You know what? You can also email your prayer request to cradle at jewishprophet.com. We'll be praying for your prayer requests. 
shalom until tomorrow. And remember, with God, all things are possible. Thank you.